What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Thoughts in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa DiCarlo, a runner, weightlifter, hybrid athlete, nutrition enthusiast, all things fitness. This week, I am so, so excited about this episode. We are going to talk about the things that I wish I knew at the beginning of my run journey that I know now. But before we get into that, I figured we could do a little life update. We are two weeks out from the Clearwater Half Marathon. It's on January 28th. I am so excited to get to race again. My first race was just so much fun, so I can't wait to get to do this again. This weekend training, it was a really good week. So last weekend, we had a wedding. I planned to do 10 miles on Sunday, but since we had a wedding on Saturday, I broke up that mileage into four miles on Saturday and six miles on Sunday, which was good. It worked. I'm happy with it. I felt really good. I had a few beers on Saturday. I got to eat some good food. We danced. It was tons of fun. So overall, I'm I'm happy with the the split of the 10 miles from, you know, Saturday and Sunday. And then this week, I've done a few easy runs. And then on Wednesday, I did the Don't Screw Yourself Over Progression Run, which I got from a girl on Instagram. Her name is Katherine Kelly. It was honestly so hard, but so fun. The Don't Screw Yourself Over progression run goes like this. So you run the first mile, depending on what you go, what pace you go at in the first mile, then you decrease by a certain amount. Now that amount is whatever you picked at the beginning before you even started the run. So I picked 30 seconds. So I ran a 1022 pace for the first mile. Then you take 30 seconds minus that and you run at that pace for the next mile. So the point is to like control your pace as you go. I was hoping to hit six miles. By the end of five miles, I was done for. My fifth mile was 7.53. I kind of screwed myself in the middle there a few times. You can go watch the full video on my Instagram. I did a full breakdown of that whole progression run and how it went. Made a few math mistakes, but it's cool. It was fun. And it was super hard, but I'm really, really proud of the way that I performed. And this weekend, I am planning on doing a half marathon simulation run. So it's going to be 12 miles. I'm going to go five miles easy, five miles at goal pace, and then two miles easy again. So I want to get a pretty decent amount of goal pace mileage in there on this long run this Sunday. And then we start the taper. So I can't believe we're already two weeks out. Like it just, I cannot believe it but I am so stoked to get out there and see what I can do for this race. And that is it for the overview. So let's just jump right into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, which is everything that I wish I knew as a beginner runner that I know now. As I reflect on my journey, I vividly remember those initial days of going on runs and just being so eager and overzealous and making a ton of rookie mistakes. So through the process of trial and error, I have come up with a list of things that I wish I knew when I was starting out. So I'm going to share those with you guys. Hopefully they are insightful and you take something from it and I hope you enjoy. Because I have a lot of things to say, I've kind of chunked them out into sections and within those sections I have a few things to say about each one. So Hopefully this seems somewhat organized. As I've said before, my brain kind of goes like 20 million directions at once. So I'm going to try to organize all of my thoughts for you guys. All right. So starting off, I figured I'd go into like my experience as a beginner runner. 
So I started off running like a mile or two here and there. And when I would go out and run, I would just run as hard and as fast as I could and just try to, you know, really just kill myself as as best as I could. That was really what I was doing when I was going out for these runs at the beginning of my journey. When I finally decided to do a half marathon, the first few long runs were I believe like four miles, five miles, six miles around there. And I just remember going so fast. I was getting cramps in my side. I was feeling like I was gonna pass out. I couldn't finish. I was having to walk, which walking is fine, but I was having to walk because I was literally feeling like I was gonna pass out because I was going way too fast. So figured we could sort of start there. So my first piece of advice would be to go slow and With this one, you're kind of going to have to put your pride to the side. It's a really tough decision, especially for people like me. I'm sure there are a ton of you out there. I am so competitive. It was so hard for me to just slow down and put my pride to the side and just don't even care about the pace or, you know, how slow I'm going. Just slow down and keep my heart rate in a decent, you know, zone two range without killing myself. For a lot of beginner runners, it's very beneficial to do run-walk intervals. And I know, I'm telling you, I was, it it was suggested to me to do run-walk intervals at the beginning of my running journey, and I just turned my nose up to it because I just thought it was so stupid. But I'm telling you, it is so awesome for beginner runners to do run-walk intervals. Basically, a run-walk interval allows you to get a little bit of time on your feet running without making your heart rate spike into like the zone three, zone four zones. So before you can, before your heart rate can even get up to those zones, you're back to a walk. So normally like at the beginning of your running journey, I would say you could go like one minute on, one minute or two minutes off, and then kind of play around with the intervals as you get better. You can go three minutes on, one minute off, and then go up to maybe four minutes or five minutes with a rest. So Really, they you can play around with these run-walk intervals and kind of adjust them to your needs, but it's very, very important at the beginning to set realistic expectations for yourself because you're a beginner and everybody starts out somewhere, right? So you're not gonna go out there and you're not gonna Boston qualify on your first long run. So just kind of, there, there's no rush. There's really no rush and For my competitors out there, I understand how hard of a concept that is to understand, but just go out there, go slow. If your heart rate gets higher, you start gasping for air, you feel like you're, you know, out of breath, just walk, take a walking break. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking a walking break. Now, the next thing that I'll say about pacing and progressing At the beginning of your running journey, emphasize training time on your legs rather than training distance, especially because at the beginning, you're gonna be running slow, maybe doing some walk intervals. It's just important for you to get time on your legs. The mileage will come, right? Again, there's absolutely no rush for any of this and there is no right or wrong way to do it. If you need to take a walk, if you need to slow down, just do it. And the other thing that I would advise against is running every single day. And this was a big one for me because once I started, I'm like an all or nothing type of person. I just wanted to get out there and get after it every day once I got into it. And your body needs that rest, especially as you're a beginner. Then as you get more comfortable and you start getting more time on your legs, 
I would say it was told to me by my fiance's uncle not to increase your mileage by more than 10% a week. And he's an ultra marathoner. He's been running for a very long time. So I consider it very, you know, insightful, great information. And that's kind of what I've done. And it has worked for me, especially because at the beginning, like I said, I was super fatigued after running and things like that. I had to kind of tone it down a notch and not increasing my mileage by more than 10% was huge for me. And then the last thing kind of like in that realm is to just listen to your body. There is no too slow. You have to just listen to how your body feels on that day. Don't push too hard, adjust your pace accordingly. Something that I really, really struggled with at the beginning was setting a quote unquote easy pace And then I felt like I had to run that pace every single run, no matter how my body felt. And that's just not realistic. As you go throughout your training, there really isn't a easy pace. Like you can go slower depending on how your body feels. Easy is subjective, right? And so if you're feeling like crap one day and your easy pace is slower than the day before, that's totally fine. Okay, now I'm going to kind of get into the hydration, fueling, and nutrition stuff. So starting off with hydration and fueling on your runs, always bring water with you, especially in the summer. Now, in the wintertime, sometimes you can get away with not bringing water on your runs. I am notorious for that. But especially in the summer, bring water and bring fuel. This was absolutely huge for me because when I first started, I didn't bring any water or snacks. And I was so burnt out so fast that there was absolutely nothing I could do but just walk back to the car. And by the time you're feeling dehydrated and by the time you're feeling like, you know, your body is feeling malnourished and you're starting to slow down, you're getting fatigued, it's too late. So establishing that routine of bringing hydration and fueling, whether that's You know, there's a lot of different things you can do, but whether it's water or, you know, bringing some electrolytes, trying out different goos and things like that. I will say my favorite gel packets to take during runs are the Huma. I think they're called Huma gels. They just taste the best to me. I've tried the goo ones, the GU brand, and they just taste like crap. I I just really don't like the flavor. Maybe I haven't tried the the good flavors yet, but... I like the Huma brand and then my 10 out of 10 all-time favorite pre-run carb snack is the Honey Stinger waffles. Those things are so good. They are delicious and they are a perfect pre-run snack. It's not too heavy. When I first started running, I used to have like a bagel with peanut butter and it was just way too much. I felt so like heavy and bogged down during my runs. So You know, everybody is different, so that's something that you'll have to play around with, but definitely fueling and hydrating during your runs, it's so important. Now, I kind of touched on this, but I really want to stress, don't work out on an empty stomach. Even if you just have a few bites of a banana or like one of those honey stinger waffles, just get a little something in your stomach because your body's going to need that fuel. And just to touch on some of like the, I don't know, not science behind it, but like some of the things about, you know, like burning fat and using carbs. When you're running and you're staying in the zone two zone, 
<laughs> your body is going to use fats for energy and fats are burned for energy at a much slower rate than carbohydrates. So when you're in zone two, your body is still able to use those fats for fuel. When you start getting up into zone three, zone four, your body is going to start grabbing for the, you know, the glycogen store. So you're going to start using more of those carbohydrates that your body has on your person. And if you don't have any fuel, if you didn't eat anything, then your body, and I don't know what kind of time period, I'm just telling you what I've heard and what I've read, your body will start to burn your muscle for energy because it's actually faster to use your muscle for energy than it is to burn fat. So if you're getting up into those higher heart rate zones and you don't have any food or carbs or fuel in your body, it will start to burn your muscle. And we do not want that. So as it just, just stay in zone two, except for on, you know, obviously if you're running hard runs, like tempo, interval, things like that, run those hard by all means. But as a beginner runner, a lot of your running is going to be in zone two. So just commit to really staying in that zone two heart rate range. The next thing that I want to touch on is the equipment and all those kinds of things that you need to run. And I will be completely honest with you, all of that stuff that you see on TikTok, all of the vests and then this and then that, you don't need all of that to start running. You just need a good pair of shoes. And I would highly suggest getting a belt where you could put your phone and maybe your uh, water bottle that clips onto your belt. Those are the kind of, those are the big things for me. But you don't need all of those things. When I first started running, I saw on TikTok people wearing vests and stuff like that. So I bought a vest. In my opinion, it's overkill. You don't need it. Unless you're running an ultra marathon, it is not at all required. If you want to wear one, by all means, go for it. But it's not required. This past year, I ran in a bunch of different shoes, and I have to say my favorites are the OnCloud Eclipse. I think, oh my gosh, I think that's the name of the shoes. They just came out. It's like On's newest shoe. They're so comfortable. I love them. And then my other favorite are the Nike Invincible 3s. Those are also a really great shoe. I think they're super comfortable, and I just love them. Now, when it comes to belts, I've tried both the Lululemon... I don't even remember what the name of the belt is, but it's the Lulu belt. And then I've tried the spy belt and I like the Lulu belt better. I just feel like the spy belt, first of all, you can't get it tight enough to stay on your body. This is just me personally. I couldn't get it tight enough to stay on my body. And then when I did get it tight enough to where it wasn't bouncing all around. And when I say stay on my body, I mean the phone, like not jumping around behind me when I'm running, like bouncing and then when I did get it tight enough so that it wasn't bouncing, it was like suffocating me. So I like the Lulu one better, but I do really like Spy Belt's water bottle, water, water bottle, water bottle that clips onto the belt. It works best clipped onto the Spy Belt, obviously, but I really like it. It works well with my Lulu belt too. And I just think that it's so convenient to have it on my, on my belt rather than holding it. They do have water bottles like Nathan makes a really great water bottle that you can hold in your hand. It kind of loops around your hand so that you don't have to actually hold it, but that's another good option. I just haven't tried it. I would prefer that I don't have to hold anything, but those are good options. 
I've already touched on the fuel aspect a little bit. And then the other thing that I really love is just a good hat. I have the on hat. It's like a greenish color. I don't know what the name of the hat is exactly, but I love that hat. And by the way, I'm going to have all of this stuff linked in my Amazon storefront and I'll have that linked in the podcast description. So if you're interested in buying any of these things, I'll have them all linked. All of my favorites, it's in a list called the running essentials on my Amazon storefront. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, go ahead and check it out. In terms of clothes, I've been really loving CRZ yoga or crazy yoga. I think that's how you say it. I bought some of their bike shorts, like with the pockets on the side. And then I bought a couple of their half zip crop long sleeve shirts. And I really, really like them. So I'll also have those linked on my Amazon storefront. So those are really good options for some clothes. And then I really like Nike's running gear. I know it's so basic, but I think they just have some really great options. And then the other thing that I absolutely have to have is leggings or shorts with a pocket on the side. It's just game changing. I'd much rather have the pocket on the side than carry my belt. So I only carry my belt if I absolutely have to. If my shorts or my leggings have pockets, then I'm definitely not carrying a belt. I will I will put my phone in my pocket. The last kind of thing I want to touch on is to establish a good routine. When I first started, I really didn't have a routine and it was kind of like, ugh, I, I just I just didn't want to get out there and run. And then as I started to run at the same time every day, it just got easier to just do it. You know, before I can even think about doing it, I just already had my clothes on. I was putting my shoes on and I was going. And so I, th- I really think that establishing a good routine helps to just kind of help you be motivated slash disciplined to just get out there and do your run. And just like a little tidbit, a little nugget to help. If you don't feel like going on your run, what I've found is that if I just tell myself, okay, just put your shoes on, put your clothes on, put your shoes on, and just get out there and do 10 minutes. If you can do 10 minutes, you will probably just go ahead and finish your run. I mean, while you're out there, it's like, I might as well just finish it. But just tell yourself, all right, I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to run for five minutes and see how I feel. And I promise you every time you will just finish your run. And last but not least, this is something that I need to take my own advice on. (laughs) But find a community and find people who support you. I have really been wanting to go to a run club. And I found a few run clubs in my area that I want to go run with. And I, I don't know why I'm just like so anxious about going to a run club. So I'm telling you, go to a run club and I am also going to go to a run club. It just, it, I just see so many people out there going to run clubs and it's just so, they say it's so much better to run with a person or with people than it is to run by yourself. And I understand that. I mean, my fiance has come with me to run on a few occasions and time just flies by. So definitely find somebody or find a group of people that share common interest like running with you. And the time will just absolutely fly by and make it a little bit more of a social environment rather than just being like grueling, just running by yourself. But yeah, so those are all of my things that I wish I would have known as a beginner runner that I know now. Hopefully I gave you some, you know, insight into things that you could do as a beginner runner so that you don't have to learn by trial and error and make some of these common mistakes like I did. 
I don't know that I would necessarily call some of these mistakes, but you know, just things to be aware of and and things to kind of get ahead of. If you liked any of these tips, feel free to message me on Instagram at Alyssa underscore in underscore motion. I would love to hear your thoughts or if you have any other tips, if you are a more advanced runner, if you have any other tips, maybe for me as a sort of intermediate runner, I'd love to hear them. And yeah, so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you would do me a favor and just go leave me a five-star rating, it would mean the absolute world to me. It really helps me and encourages me to keep going with this. So if you would do that, that would be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Thoughts in Motion podcast. If you made it this far, I love you. And thank you so much for your support. I will see you in the next one.